This is Xane Anderson and welcome to the Principal Podcast today. Today I am pleased to have as my guest, Stephen Arms. Stephen is the co-author of a book called Milestone to Manhood, a Christian rite of passage to help your 13-year-old son make the leap from boyhood to manhood. In the book, Stephen shares his firsthand experience of his rite of passage weekend and reflects on how it shaped him into the man that he is today. Stephen lives in Portland, Oregon with his wife, Emily, and is the proud father of two young children. Milestone to Madhood shows how fathers of preteen boys can help their sons to successfully make the transition from boyhood to manhood. It's a father's responsibility to to bestow the title of man on his son. And the book outlines a once in a lifetime weekend to help a father to do so. The weekend involves the other male role models in the son's life as well, like his grandfather, uncles, and older brothers who all participate in order to make it clear to the boy that he is now considered to be a man. This coming of age ceremony is called his rite of passage. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Stephen, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thanks for being here today. Xan, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So today uh, we're going to be talking um about this. And so maybe you can tell us how you came, like, tell us a little bit of your background here, Stephen. Sure. Yeah. So born and raised in California, I come from a family of four boys. So I have one older brother and two younger brothers. And my dad came up with this really special weekend for all of us when we turned 13. Um, He developed it with the help of my maternal grandfather, his father-in-law, and essentially what it is, is it's called a rite of passage weekend. And yeah, I was wondering, yeah, tell us about that. What is a rite of passage? Go for it. Yeah. So broadly speaking, a rite of passage is an event that a boy can look back on in his life and know that was the moment that I became a man. And when we look at other societies, we see other examples of rites of passage. The most well-known is probably the Jewish bar mitzvah. Uh, but another example is the walkabout in Australia Aboriginal society, where a boy is sent off into the wilderness for three to six months at a time. And when he comes back, he's no longer considered to be a boy, but he's a man and he's eligible for marriage. Modern Western society doesn't really have an equivalent coming of age event. And I think that's one reason why we are failing to develop men who are virtuously masculine. Um, In the absence of a rite of passage, boys essentially will try to prove their manhood to themselves and to their peers. What this might look like is the sexual conquest of women, you know, guys saying something like she made a man out of me, Uh, pornography, video game addictions, right? In a lot of video games, you can like create a character that goes off and slay a dragon or kill a terrorist that totally feeds into that male uh male desire to prove yourself as a man to go on a mission and fulfill your manhood so you're Uh, you're, so just to interrupt you here for a second you're saying that that actually a lot of the problems that we're seeing in society might be because people are trying to prove themselves a lot of men are trying to prove themselves that they're a man because no one in their life actually came and told them hey you're a man now. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, how many guys do you know ha- has ever had someone tell them you are a man now? I consider you to be a man. I think it's less than one in a hundred guys have actually heard that from another man in their life. 
And it sounds to me like this was profoundly, this affected you profoundly. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. So I how had a rite of passage. You? Can I ask you that? How, how it affected you? Sorry. So I had this rite of passage weekend when I was 13 and it involved my dad, my grandfather, and two of my uncles. I would say primarily there were two ways that it affected me. For one, I growing up, I never questioned my masculine identity. And what I mean by that, I'm, I'm not saying that I was some like stud teenager with my chest puffed up and huge biceps or something like that. Mm -hmm. But what I do mean is that when, whenever another adult growing up, whether it was a high school teacher or one of the parents from Boy Scouts, whenever they would kind of offhandedly refer to me as a boy, like they would say, class, boys, boys, settle down now. Immediately, the first thought in my mind was, I'm not a boy, I'm a man. My dad told me when I was 13 that I'm a man. This person just doesn't know. It's not their fault. They just don't know what we do in our family. Um, so I never really questioned my status as a man. And I think that's one major benefit uh, of this weekend is that uh, the boy doesn't feel like he has to prove himself in his teenage years because his dad has already told him that he's a man. Man, that's so that's so powerful to have someone who you love and respect, grandfather, father, uncles, come and say, you know what, welcome to manhood. That just sounds like a great thing because you're right. Then they're not feeling like they have to prove that, hey, I'm a man or am, am I a man or, or wondering because someone, the most important man in their life, their father or perhaps a grandfather or uncle, somebody took him into this right and said, hey, welcome to manhood, you're a man. What a, what a profound message you're sharing, Stephen. This is awesome. Really, really like this. Maybe you could walk us through the weekend and tell us like what happened on your rite of passage. I'd love to hear this. Sure. So um, I'll preface it by saying, for one, the weekend was a total surprise for me. I had no idea that it was coming. Uh, my dad told me that we were going to go on a camping trip that weekend, just me and him. And as you can imagine, as a 12-year-old kid, I wasn't super enthusiastic about it, but uh, I, I went along. And then on the drive up, we stopped at a breakfast diner and in the booth next to us was my grandfather and my two uncles. And I was like, what, what are you guys doing here? And that's when they told me, you're actually not going on a one-on-one -on -one camping trip with your dad. You're going on this rite of passage weekend. And at the end of this weekend, you will be considered to be a man of the family, just like us. And then the second thing, as I just alluded to, is that it doesn't just involve the boy's father, but it involves uh, other male role models in his life as well. Uh, you know, certainly dad is the most important example of what it means to be a man in a boy's life. But at the age of 12 or 13, there's also this tension that starts to develop between father and son. Um the boy is starting to spread his wings and wants a little more independence. So he doesn't necessarily listen to everything that dad says, but getting other guys involved, like the grandfather, the uncles that helps to break through to the boy in a way that he might actually listen. Right. It could be the same exact thing that dad has been saying for the last six months, but just hearing that advice come out of the, the mouth of a man who's not his dad helps it to kind of sink in. So I'll start by saying that, it was a total surprise to me, and it doesn't just involve the boy's dad, but other men as well. The weekend itself uh, is made up of seven different rituals. So seven different exercises that uh, breaks down what it means to be a man, uh, what 
what it means to be a man of faith. And then the final ritual is kind of this formal bestowing of the title of man, right? So you've gone through this weekend, and then the capstone of it is the boy's father or grandfather telling the boy, in this family, you are no longer considered to be a boy, but you are considered to be a man. The first, the first ritual is an entrance ceremony. So uh, just like other rites of passage, like a graduation ceremony where you graduate from high school and you go to college or into your working career, just like that has an entrance ceremony, our weekend has an entrance ceremony as well. And one of the elements of the entrance ceremony is the reading of scripture. So we read the story of Moses encountering God in the form of the burning bush. And then once we enter the cabin, the boy is responsible for lighting a fire in the wood stove. And that fire represents God's presence during the weekend, just like Moses encountered God in the form of the burning bush. We light a fire and keep it going through the weekend, representing that God is with us here during that weekend. And how the fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And at times in our life, sometimes our relationship with God is hotter, sometimes it's colder. But what's most important is that that flame is never fully extinguished, right? Um, so that the element of fire plays an important symbolic role throughout the weekend. I like that. So that's the first time you come in and you read scripture and you you basically symbolically have God there, right? right. God, the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Ghost, whatever being there as so it's a spiritual rite of passage. I like that. Can you um continue on? What happens after that? Love to hear that. So after that is a discussion of what it means to be a man. So the men sit down in a circle around that fire that the boy built, and they each get 10 or 15 minutes to share with the boy uh, what it means to be a good man in their eyes. Uh, so the advice that was shared with me were things like the importance of hard work, being a provider and a protector, um, integrity, respecting women at all times, advice like that, but the men always tried to tie it in with a story or two. So my grandfather talked about uh, what it was like being a police officer in San Francisco for almost 30 years and how that really affected him on his uh, journey in manhood. Um, my uncle would talk about what it was like to grow up on a ranch in Northern California and how he really had to learn a lot of things um, on his own. So the boy, you know, the boy as a 12 year old doesn't really have much valuable life experience. So it's really helpful to tie any wisdom that the men have to a story so that the boy can learn to apply it in his life, practically speaking. After the what I gotta just tell you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Stephen. Yeah, no, you first told me about this. I got tingles because I thought, you know what, how important is it for a 12 year old boy? to have wise men in his life come and tell him, this is what a man is. A man provides, a man protects, a man has integrity, a man respects women. To have someone at 12 years old taken on a special weekend, to have wise men in his life sharing their own stories and telling him, I thought, man, that is such a good idea. I love it. Keep going. Well, no, thank you for, for saying that. Um, 
really, you know, the purpose of that discussion of what it means to be a man is to influence the boy and to kind of set the bar for him. Like, we are the men in your life, and this is what manhood means to us. And this is the type of man that we expect you to become. Um, you know, certainly the internet, TV, school, his his friends at school, they're all influencing uh, this boy and his own image of what it means to be a man. So having these fully developed, virtuous, godly men tell him, no, forget all of that, what, what the culture at large is telling you to be a man. This is what it actually means to be a man. And I think that, again, not a lot of men ever get that in their lives. You know, they don't have someone that tells them this is what it really means to be a man. And without examples, uh, boys will inevitably just follow along with what the culture is telling them. So it's really that discussion is meant to be kind of an antidote to what the culture at large is telling our boys. Just having the dad, grandfather, uncles come to a a 12 year old boy and say, you know what, this is what it means to be a man. I wonder, you know, when they, when you look at some of the uh, research, my understanding is that a lot of the people who are in prison, a lot of the people who are uh, unfortunately causing problems in our society and civilization didn't have a dad there to tell them you're a man now. And this is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to be a protector. You know, the, our family, the neighborhood, everybody's safer because you're here um, to be a provider, to be, you know, to have integrity. I, anyway, I love this. Keep going. <laughs> you're right. You know, not, not everyone has a father figure to do something like this for them. And we covered that in the book. If a boy doesn't have a father in the house, he can still have a rite of passage. In fact, I would say it's probably more important for the boy who doesn't have a father in the house to have a rite of passage than it is for a boy who does have a father in the house, because he doesn't have that example of what it means to be a man day to day growing up. The other thing I want to add, too, is that, you know, just because a boy has a dad in the house, one thing that we men are not always good at is expressing our feelings and using our words, you know. Uh, men are good at action, but we're not necessarily good at expressing our emotion. And this weekend is really meant to facilitate those type of discussions of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a man of God. Um, So it's important for men to use their words and tell their sons things like, I'm proud of you. And most importantly, I consider you to be a man now too. You know, if every man in this country told his son that at the appropriate age, then I think this country would be much better off for it. Such a needed message. Was there anything else that happened during this rite of passage that you could tell us? Could you tell us more about this rite of passage weekend that you experienced? Yeah. So after the, what it means to be a man discussion is a scripture sharing exercise. Um, It's very similar in that every man uh, picks out, his favorite scripture passage, reads it to the group, and then gives kind of a reflection on it and how he applies it to his life. And that discussion is really meant to be a way to pass down the faith from one generation to the next, right? It's really meant to be a way to include God in this rite of passage weekend. That's why we said in the in the subtitle of the book that this is a Christian rite of passage weekend, because we really try to 
tie elements of the Christian faith into this weekend. And that's what the scripture sharing exercise is all about. Awesome. After, after that is uh, the giving of a couple of gifts to the boy. So the boy is given letters that all the male role models, all the male and female role models in his life have written to him. So this includes all the men on the trip, but also the boy's grandmother, his aunts, his mom, um, any extended family friends. So for me, my football coach wrote me a letter. My Boy Scout troop master wrote, wrote me a letter. And this is really something that the boy can hold on to for the rest of his life, right? I still have my letters uh, with me in a binder in my desk, and I read them from time to time. And as as the years have gone by, the letters mean more and more to me because like two of my grandparents since my rite of passage have passed on since then. So, you know, obviously I can't talk to them, but I can read their letters, you know, and that's uh, a beautiful gift that I have, you know, those really special letters from uh, the, the generation above me. Were these letters kind of welcoming you into being a man as well? So, you know, it wasn't just your father and your grandfather and uncles. It was also your mom and, and grandmother and other people who were important, who were, who were female as well. Is that, is that what happened or? Yeah, the, the letters were kind of open-ended. Um, some people gave me advice about how to be a good man. Other people uh, really in, uh, stressed the importance of including God in your relationship as an adult. Um, one of my aunts, I remember her letter is all about like what women look for in a man, you know, and that was really helpful to me when I read that as a teenage boy, because it's like, I don't have that perspective, especially because I don't have any sisters, you know? So the letters are kind of open-ended, but, um, they were, they're all very meaningful and very helpful to me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Anything else that happened, happened in this rite of passage weekend after this? Cause I'd love to hear how the rest of it kind of played out. So in addition to the letters, there's also uh, the giving of a family heirloom. So my dad gave to me a silver dollar coin uh, from the 1930s that his dad had given to him. So uh, it was special because my dad didn't really have a relationship with his father. Um, he, from the time he was five years old, his parents separated. And between the ages of five and 17, when my grandfather passed away, when my dad was 17, my grandfather passed away, my dad had only met him three times in his life. So he really didn't have a relationship with his dad. But at one point, his dad had given him these this collection of silver dollar coins. And so my dad gave me one of these coins on my rite of passage weekend. And he kind of expressed to me, you know, this is something that has a lot of meaning to me because it's one of the only things that I have from my dad that he gave to me. And now that you are a man, I know that I can trust you with this to take care of it. This is something that has a lot of meaning to me and to our family. And I want you to have it now. Now, um, now, now let me ask you something just as a side note. Did your dad have a rite of passage when he was young? I'm guessing no. No. So my dad did not have a rite of passage. Uh, as I said, he didn't really have a dad in, in the house growing up. And that's really when he met my mom um, and got married, he wanted to be the type of dad that he never had. You know, he wanted to be 
the man that was involved in his life, involved in his son's lives, uh, was caring, uh, was affectionate, and spent a lot of quality time with them. And so that's why he developed this rite of passage weekend, because he's like, I want to be the man that the father that I didn't have. You know, and just when you tell me that I'm feeling tingles right now, I just got to say my hat's off to your dad. What a great guy who um, lets his pain become his superpower later. And I really think, you know, with the Lord's help, people's pain, sometimes the stuff that's hardest for people, I'm sure it's probably difficult for your dad to say, man, I don't have a dad in my life, but he's now let that pain make it. So he's doing these wonderful things like inspiring others and teaching you to have rite of passages for their dads. So he didn't ever have anybody to say, Hey, you're a man and have a good example in the home, showing him how to be a man. But now he's, he's now made it awesome. That's good for you. Good for your dad. My hat's off to him. As you can see, my hat's off to your dad, <laughs> but uh, awesome. Continue on. Let us know a little bit more about this. Thank you, Stephen. No, a hundred percent. You're totally right. I really love and respect my dad. Um, he, I, we co-wrote the book together. So he's the other author of this book. And in the book, you kind of get his perspective of the weekend too. So you get the the father's perspective and the son's perspective. And then really the whole second part of the book is essentially a how-to guide for other fathers to organize a weekend for their own sons. Um, so yeah, uh, my dad and I are kind of on this mission to give this rite of passage tradition to the rest of the world uh, so that they can implement it in their families as well. So the next, the next ritual um, at this point we're on, we're in sun, we're into Sunday. So that, that concludes day one. And then we go into day two of this rite of passage weekend. Day two starts with uh, what we call the ribbon ceremony. And the ribbon ceremony is really cool. So Every man uh, goes outside and collects a stick about three feet long. And on his stick, he has six ribbons tied to it. And on the ribbons, he writes three positive character traits that he sees in himself and three negative character traits that he sees in himself. So his positive character traits might be honest, loyal, and hardworking. His negative character traits might be lustful, greedy, and lazy. I don't know. I just made those up. And then each man goes around the room and shares why he wrote down what he wrote down, why he sees those, those things in himself. The boy also has a stick, but his stick starts off completely empty. When every man has shared, the boy goes around to each of the men's sticks and he unties the character traits off of their sticks and ties them onto his. So hopefully by the end of it, he has this stick full of all these positive character traits. And that represents how, as men, we have the ability to emulate certain character traits that we see in other men, right? My father-in-law, for example, is really good at words of affirmation. He really does a good job of building people up, giving compliments. And that's something that I see in him and I really admire about him. And I've tried to emulate and copy from him in my life. Um, and then, and then the men are left with sticks full of these negative character traits, right? And when, Which, by the, the way, exercise... let's interject. One of the things I liked, I think we discussed before was just that it's such an important thing as a man to be able to, to know what you're strong at, as well as 
what my weaknesses are. So this ex- exercise saying, you know what, being a man doesn't, doesn't say, Hey, I'm, I totally have it all figured out. It's like, Hey, I've got some strengths. I'm going to work with them, but I also know that I have these weaknesses that I need to work on. That's an important part of being mature enough and as a man to re- recognize you've got strengths and weaknesses, not just that you're this big manly man who's all strong or on the other hand, that you're totally weak, but to see both. Right. And I, I really like that. Keep going. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, uh, none of us are perfect. That's for sure. But sometimes we grew up with this image of the men in our life, you know, um, that they're these perfect guys. You know, my I remember my grandfather sharing his negative character traits. And I was just like, what? Like, I can't see that. You know, I, I but, never would have thought those things about you. But it was probably OK. It was probably good for you to be able to see that, hey, he's willing to admit that he's got weaknesses, too. Yeah. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. And the other thing about it too, is that the men are not telling the boy, these are your weaknesses. They're saying, this is our weaknesses, right? No one can change. Only you can change yourself. And so essentially what they're doing is giving the boy a framework to say, Hey, in the future, as you go through manhood, through your teenage years, through your twenties, your thirties and beyond, you're going to inevitably see things in yourself that you don't like. And here is a template here's a framework for how to improve yourself. For one, you have to admit that you are flawed and that you do need improvement. And then two, you need to dedicate yourself to improving to improving yourself. Um, so the men are left with these sticks full of negative character traits and they untie their ribbons off of their sticks and then they actually place them in the fire, right? That fire represents God during this weekend. So it shows their... A, their desire to burn away their defects and to improve upon themselves as men. Because like we said, no man is perfect. And part of being a man is becoming a better person. But B, their reliance upon God to do so. That fire is representative of the Holy Spirit and of God. And by placing the negative character traits in the fire, they're saying, I can't do this by myself, but by God's grace, I can. So that's the that's the ribbon ceremony. Um, and then the final ceremony is the formal bestowing of the title of man. And that's essentially the end of the weekend. In my case, my grandfather, uh, you know, all the men gather around in a circle. My grandfather, because he was kind of the patriarch of the family, uh, read a little a reading. And to sum it up, it says, in this family, Stephen, you are no longer considered to be a boy. But in our eyes, you are a man now. Um, they also all pr- prayed over me and gave me a blessing. But essentially, that's kind of what the whole weekend is working up to. Just like in a graduation ceremony, right? There's an entrance procession. There are speeches by the valedictorian. And then kind of the last, the most important thing that they do is that the handing of diplomas, right? That's when you have officially graduated. Well, this final ritual, the bestowing of title of man, is kind of the the most important climactic part of the weekend where now you are considered to be a man. And personally, you know, I remember back to that weekend and it's like, yeah, I can specifically tell you the exact moment and the exact location of where I became a man because that's what my my family did for me. Now, did you have did you have other acquaintances or friends who wondered if they I mean, wondered about whether or not they were a man or not because they didn't go through this. So, you know, it's kind of funny growing up, 
especially my teenage years, I kind of thought like everybody got something like this, you know, um, because everyone in my family did. All of my brothers got it. My male cousins and also my female cousins got a rite of passage weekend as well. So I thought it was totally normal. It wasn't until I kind of like got to college and met people outside of the bubble that I grew up in that I realized, wow, no one really gets something like this. Um, I write a story in the book when I was maybe 23 years old, I had a friend ask me to be the best man at his wedding. And, you know, this guy was getting married. He was thinking about, you know, being a, uh, a husband, potentially a father soon. He had a lot on his mind and we were hanging out at his house one time and he, he asked me, Hey, Steve, when, when did you consider yourself to be a man? And I was like, well, let me tell you, let me tell you this story. And I told him about the rite of passage weekend. He was like, Oh man, that is so cool. I wish someone had done that for me when I was growing up. And he expressed to me that he was feeling like, you know, here I am getting married but I'm not even sure that I'm a man. Like I still had that tension inside of me. Am I a boy? Am I a man? Here he is at 23 years old. And I just looked at him like, are you kidding me? You're more of a man than me. And I basically just told him there on the spot, like you are a man, you know, you have a great job. You're marrying a beautiful godly woman. You have a good relationship with your parents. I essentially told him you're more of a man than me, you know, but you almost gave him a mini rite of passage right there, <laughs> but maybe it would have been better if his, if his dad had been able to do it or, or somebody else in his life. Right. Exactly. And that's one of the first moments that I realized, wow, this weekend was an incredible gift that my family gave to me. And then uh, ultimately led me to write this book with my dad so that guys like him could, can do it for their sons. Love it. So you already mentioned there, if you know, if a boy doesn't have a father figure in the home, can he have a rite of passage? And it sounds like it's almost more important for someone who doesn't have a strong father figure in the home to have somebody take him under his wing and, and help them know that, hey, this is how what this is what it means to be a man and, and, and all the things that you talked about and maybe have a rite of passage. So he can have a rite of passage as well, correct? Yes. So if a boy doesn't have a father or father figure in the house, uh, I would say it's important for his mom to identify another close uh, man in this boy's life, whether that's uh, his grandfather, an uncle, the pastor at his church, someone who the boy has a previous relationship with and he's comfortable with, um, and ask them to organize a rite of passage weekend for him. That situation actually occurred in our family because my one of my cousins is adopted from a single mom. And so she really saw the benefit of him having one of these weekends as well. So she asked my grandfather to kind of lead his rite of passage weekend. And as you can imagine, he was ecstatic that she asked him, you know, and uh, I think it was a really good experience for him, especially because he doesn't have that uh, father figure in the house. Awesome. You mentioned also, you know, can a rite of passage be organized for a daughter as well? Yeah. So all of my female cousins got a rite of passage weekend as well. Um, it looks very similar to the male version of a rite of passage. I would say the biggest change is that uh, it's all of her female mentors in her life that take her away, uh, not the men that take her away. And really the thinking is, you know, um, especially during those what it means to be a man discussion. Uh, 
the boy's mom, the boy's grandmother, the boy's aunt, they can't really, they can't, you can't give what you don't have. Right. So if you're not a man, you can't give advice about how to be a good man. You can give advice about what women look for in a good man. Um, but I think ultimately when, when another man tells a boy, you are a man, then the boy believes it. Right. Because he sees this guy like, okay, that in my mind, he's clearly a man. And now he's telling me I'm a man. So I believe it. I don't know if that's necessarily true. If someone from the opposite sex tells him that. Right. So a right of, a rite of passage for a daughter should be instituted by the, by the, by the daughter's mom, aunt's grandmother, that kind of thing. That makes perfect sense. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, Stephen, it's been, it's been an honor having you on the show. Um, I've got tingles many times thinking about how important this message is that, that number one, men are involved in their kids' lives. We need it now more than ever. Number two, that they teach their children what it means to be a good, godly, good man. And uh, this rite of passage idea is such an, such an inspirational, great idea. Anything else you'd like to share? Um, I think that's about it. Thank you so much for having me. I guess I would just leave the listeners with this, that, you know, it's every father's responsibility to tell his son at some point at the appropriate age, son, I just want you to know in my eyes, I don't consider you to be a boy anymore, but I see you as a man. And that if every father did that, um, at the appropriate age and this country would be a much better place. Such a great message. Such, so timely too. Um, how can people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you, Stephen? So our website is milestonetomanhood.com. You can uh, pick up a copy of the book on our website, or you can purchase it on Amazon. Just type in Milestone to Manhood in the search bar. Awesome. Stephen Arms, so grateful to have you on here. And uh, for any of you thinking about this, uh, what a great resource. Thanks for sharing your book. Thanks for sharing your time. We'll go from there. Thanks for having me. I am so jealous of my wife because she gets the ultimate career. She gets to train and nurture and love our children more than I get to because I have to be doing things like this podcast. Parenting is the ultimate career. If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Thank you for listening. You can also check out my book, What I Want My Children to Know Before I Die. It's available on Amazon and other bookstores. Thanks again for listening.